0: Episode 44 of a brand new rebooted We the GamerCast. It's hosted by WeTheNerdy.com and it publishes on iTunes and Google Play every Monday. It's a little later today. Yes, this is a live Monday recording, but it's happening. It's happening today on Monday. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry that you guys are probably already home from work when you you come back home and connect to Wi-Fi and this thing downloads. I know technically this is happening on Monday, probably not the same time A Monday for you. And so I apologize. You can probably hear. I haven't even, like, worked out my voice yet at all. It's uh, it's Monday morning. I you know Let's get to, to all that right after a little bit of housekeeping. If you're new, if this is your first time, here is the deal. Every week, I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet. We talk about video games. And if you want to be part of the show, the best way to do it is to tweet at me. I'm at Sean Capri. It's Sean like Connery. Capri like the pants. And I'm going to try and self-caffeinate in the middle of this. So excuse me for a second. Mm. It was a sloppy little slurp. But you needed to know that I'm drinking out of a giant Raphael coffee mug. This is probably a pint. Maybe this is 16 ounces. I don't know. I don't Imperial uh, measurements, I'm not really sure why the, the United States is continuing to support Darth Vader and the Emperor with all of their measurements. Um, they can't even seem to build a Death Star without a giant hole in the middle of it. And I, I'm pretty sure that it's because of whatever conversions that they're having to do from met, the metric system, which is the true and ultimate measurement system, by the way. Uh, it's because the Imperials support the Imperial measurement system that they end up with with gaping holes in their giant planet destroyers uh, it's a weird day today <laughs> uh, hopefully you guys are having a good day thank you so much for listening and rating us on iTunes and sharing and uh, and um, just just tweeting at me I love the conversation that the show starts I'm, I'm really happy to have a really good dude on today Jacob Rush will join us in just a second. And for any of you who follow me on Twitter, you saw me posting a little bit this weekend. I did a little bike ride, which explains why this is coming to you on Monday morning, why my voice sounds the way that it does. I'm a little I'm a little tired. And I bear with me here for a little bit because I'm just going to try and articulate a little bit what the ride to conquer cancer is all about because and I don't and I'm not going to do this so that you go, wow, Sean is really impressive. That's not what I'm getting at here at all. That's I don't I don't even want to don't even do that. What I want to do is I want to try and shift what people think about, I guess, when they hear that somebody is putting themselves through uh, something like this, because I know what happens is you hear that somebody did something like a like a 24-hour gaming stream. Or any of these different things, and you and you try to think. Wow, that was really good. Good on you. That must have been really hard. And I just, and it is <laughs> like that's really it. It's it's harder than than you could ever really imagine. It's and it's not even the physical thing. The thing that the thing about the ride to conquer cancer for me. This was my fifth year doing it. It's 230 kilometers. I think that's somewhere around 160 miles. Maybe maybe 140 miles. Something like that. And uh over, over the course of two days. And it's a it's a real roller coaster because because you show up, there's about fifteen to sixteen hundred people around you. They all have bikes, we're all looking stupid in our bike shorts and our bike helmets and our tight clothes and all of that stuff. Even many of us should not even be wearing clothes that tight. That is for sure. Especially video game nerds like me. <laughs> what am I doing in these bike shorts? Good lord. And so you're there, and you're pumped. You're ready to do this. I mean, I was listening to some just crazy music on my way over. It was okay. So I'm going to take a step back. Wake up. It's about quarter to five in the morning when I wake up. Uh, grab all my stuff. I get changed into this these ridiculous clothes. I drive over to the uh, Canadian Olympic Park in Calgary, Alberta. W- great site. They've got. They still have. The Olympics, were in Cal- they, they were in Calgary in 1988, and they still have the ski jump, those big, huge towers. They still have those things. You can even go do, um, like, the luge or bobsled rides. I think it's just bobsled. They won't let you do the luge. Anyway, this is relevant because the Olympics are happening right now. So you get up to Canadian Olympic Park, which is a site to be seen in and of itself. So and then you arrive, and there's about 1,500 other riders there. Everybody's with their families. <clears throat> Excuse me. And everybody is doing this for their we all have our reasons for doing it it's a, it's a, usually a very personal very very special reason so it's an it's an emotional start <clears throat> to a five thirty six o'clock arrival. everybody's excited there's music going everybody's giving each other hugs and getting ready for this what they think they know is going to be a difficult day and uh you don't really know until you start riding. there are speeches there are people telling their stories there's one guy who was telling a story about um, why he is writing his wife is currently going on uh, undergoing treatment uh, for a particularly aggressive cancer and it has everybody there with him it was very special for him to share his story and everybody was if every moment whenever there he was saying you know the things went were going well people clapped and when thing when the story took a turn for the worse people were there for him they they're, they're there are shouts of encouragement. So he finishes his story. We get a little speech on how to be safe out there, and then it's time to go. So everybody's riding. You're trying not to crash into everybody. You've got about, I don't know, maybe four or five feet worth of shoulder of the road so that you don't die with all these other uh, cars on, on the side of the road. By the way, this isn't going to be the usual intro. <laughs> I'm not going to really talk about games too much. I'm just going to walk through this for a little bit. And uh, if you don't like it, you can just fast forward to um, to Jacob Brush. This is I-, I had to drive myself home, so this is really stuff I've been thinking about, and that's what this podcast is all about, really. So hopefully, this is fine. I'm going to try and make this a little bit quicker because I- I'm taking a little while here. So you're trying not to die, and you realize you have 115 kilometers to go that day. And just to give you some perspective, like there are there are pit stops along the way, about every twenty or thirty kilometers, there's a little stop. You can grab some more water. You can grab a little bite to eat. There's cookies and granola bars and things like that. Cliff bars, and protein bars, and chips. And so that's great. But um, so I was feeling great right off the bat, feeling pumped. I'm about thirty kilometers in, and like my butt is so sore. <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm starting to feel like my neck is kind of tightening up a little bit, and not really falling into the groove that I would have liked to fall into. And so I'm at about 30k. I'm I'm seriously having problems. I, like a like a mental kind of breakdown because I'm I'm thinking I'm not even close to halfway. Not even I'm about a not even a third of the way. I guess. So I'm having, I'm already thinking like, how am I going to finish today? How am I going to finish this weekend? I haven't prepared enough. I, maybe I was overconfident coming into this thing. All these things, you start to really get into your own head. So I, am having, usually, usually this is my fifth time doing this. Usually that, that stuff doesn't start happening until well, uh, further into the day, this is happening way too early. So I'm panicking about that and just going into this, in this weird little cycle thing. So I pull over into the pit stop, I, I I grab a little bite to eat, I refuel, there's there's um, guys there from bike shops in Calgary, bike shops in Edmonton, they're all there to make sure nobody has a flat tire, they can fix your gears up. So I have them tweak my bike a little bit, because um, it was making kind of a weird sound, I was having some troubles jumping from one gear to the next, and when you need that gear to help you get up a hill, uh, and it's and it's sticking, more panic. <laughs> so So I had them tweak it a little bit made the bike feel a lot better, and eventually, maybe about 40 or 50 kilometers in, which is, again, I'm probably going at about, 30k is probably taking me an hour, hour and a half kind of thing, so when we talk about 115 kilometers, hours upon hours upon hours on, on being on your bike, and being in that weird position on your bike where your hands are in front of you, and you're kind of Crooking your neck up, trying to make sure that you don't crash into anybody. Not exactly the most ergonomic situation. So fifty kilometers kind of comes along, and finally starting like my butt is kind of numbing out a little bit, and my legs are feeling better. I'm not; they're not; they're not sore with every turn. My back is feeling a little bit better, so um, I'm picking up speed. So now I've kind of got like the high at the beginning. I had the like I hit rock bottom thirty kilometers in. Now fifty k, I'm kind of. I'm feeling better. As the day goes on, I hit that. There's there's these these little markers along the way. I hadn't noticed anyone until 70 kilometers in where it actually says, like, you've got 70 kilometers. Congratulations. Um, and that was the moment when I hit my all-time high. This was such a backwards ride for me. 70 kilometers in, I'm thinking, that that's amazing. I'm almost there. I, I'm I'm on the home stretch. And so the, the first day was a roller coaster for sure we hit camp uh and god you know what i'm gonna i'll just tell you this and then i'll skip to the end uh there is a terrible game of telephone going on at camp so they they set up tents for everybody you basically just show up and all your gear is there because you threw it into a truck at the very beginning and you grab it you you set up your tent and at about 10 o'clock at night this is two hours after i've gone to bed just trying to get a wink of sleep and um People are starting to yell. There's going to be a tornado. You need to get into the hockey arena. And of course, in Canada, there's a hockey arena right there. Uh, so, so everybody's panicking. There's going to be, you know, Bill Paxton is running out of nowhere saying there's going to be a tornado, and that lightning is going to strike the football goalpost at the end of the field that we're that we're all sleeping in. And I, I do just a quick check on my phone, and there was extreme weather. There was basically a weather, a special weather statement saying that we were in for a lot of rain. So they, they basically woke everybody up, anybody who was sleeping, they, they continued to wake up to try to get them to evacuate their tents and get into this stupid hockey arena. Totally unnecessary, but I guess if somebody were to be swept away from a tornado like they were a milk cow or dairy cow in Tornado, Twister, that was the movie, not Tornado, it's called Twister, I guess that would, that would probably look bad on the people running the event. So that's fine. Um, the next day, still feeling good, I had a, I had a massage at camp, that was nice. Kind of cleared out my back issues and my neck issues. And um, feeling good, and kind of had the opposite day. Felt good right out of the gates. Never had that, never hit really rock bottom until about 90K. (laughs) Just like, oh my god, I cannot go any further. Um, And so then I finish, and it's, um, I feel like it it should have felt maybe more rewarding. I don't know, like I, I, uh, it feels good to have finished it. I'm so glad that I did it. But at this point, after doing these now this being the fifth one, uh, it doesn't kind of hold that same special moment as the first few definitely do. You, you are I mean the, the the fact still remains, and even now you, maybe it's delayed because it's kind of maybe hitting me right now as I'm talking about this. like this is one of the most difficult things that I do. Um, I've also done a couple of world record setting world's longest soccer games. Again, I'm just I'm just tell, I don't I don't want anybody to go like, Wow, that's amazing. Just it's something that um is very special for me. I wanna I wanna I don't know, there's something about putting yourself through something like that and coming out the other end having done it and feeling good about it that is um it just resonates with me anyway. So yeah, so finishing that, I'm glad that I did it. I am so so grateful to Josh Stapleton. Seamus Mullins, and Ray Osorio for your donations. I couldn't have, literally I could not have done this without you. They will not let me ride if I don't raise my minimum fundraising amount. So thank you guys so, so much. It was a jam-packed weekend. I fully intended on coming home last night, recording this, and then posting it for everybody first thing in the morning. Um, But a bunch of my family were, were also in Calgary and they wanted to do dinner and so <laughs> as if I had any energy for that. But that is a story for another day. Last night I didn't get home last night until about 10:30 and I wanted to be home by about 5. So I woke up this morning and now we here we are. We're talking, we're doing We the Gamer Cast. It was a crazy crazy weekend. I probably won't my legs won't feel the same for probably another week. But good reason to do it. Oh, and that's the other thing. A lot of people say, "Oh, it's for it was for a great cause, and um, I just want to say that, yeah, it is for a great cause, but it's also for a great cause and effect. Um, it's not, we're not just doing this just to raise money. We're not just doing this to feel good about ourselves, but I have seen, and I'll get off my soapbox in a second, but I've seen firsthand, I have shaken the hands of people who are who are given terminal prognosis, said they are told by their doctors, go home, get your affairs in order. Cancel your magazine subscriptions, all those weird things that you never really even think about, and uh, prepare for the end. They've been told that by their doctors, and then weeks later, called up by another doctor to say, "Look, we've got this amazing clinical trial. It's being it's it's looking very promising. You are eligible. Would you like to try it?" And I have seen people go on some of these leading edge clinical trials, and. Their tumors are gone. I've now met two people. I've shaken the hands of two people just through my work. And uh, they, they were both told, prepare for the end. And now it's been years later. I just met a guy last week. He had stage four lung cancer. His tumors are gone. So we we don't just do this just to raise money. We don't just do this to, to talk about big numbers and how much money is going into the research. We do this because of the people who benefit from it and the people who will benefit from it, and we're only getting better, and that's the end of my soapbox. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, This is just something that um, obviously was on my mind. It's a huge, huge weekend for me. I never really get to... I think people, maybe this is why you're probably fast forwarding through it. Usually when I talk about this, people's eyes will kind of like glaze over. I don't really know if anybody's interested in <clears throat> hearing this level of detail of the ride because usually it just kind of boils down to it was 200 and so kilometers. It was pretty tough. Oh, my, be- my butt's sore. Ha, ha, ha. But It's a pretty meaningful event and uh, glad to do it. Glad that uh, I have so much of your support to do it. That's it. Quick gaming update. I am hooked on Tokyo Mirage Sessions. There's no smooth segue, by the way, to from people's lives being saved from cancer research to Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. It's impossible, so I apologize, but not really. This game is outrageous. I don't know if it's great yet, but all I know is that it's all I want to play. Um, it's It's Persona. 100% and I was talking to Bobby Pauls about this and and he was kind of saying the same thing like why didn't they lean on this more why don't they why don't they tell people it's not unless you're really into persona and unless you're really into Shin Megami Tensei which I didn't even know was a thing until this whole crossover thing was announced That was on a we the gamer cast before it was this format and um, Stephanie Hall uh, previous or former writer for we the nerdy was getting really giddy about it and she was saying This is exactly what like the Wii U needs. I'm like I don't even understand. I don't even like J-pop. After that, I played Persona. I'm all in. This is definitely a Persona game. It has nice uh, nods to to Fire Emblem. I'm loving every time I level up. It has the Fire Emblem song, the little uh, the little jingle, and I'm loving it. As soon as I'm done this, it's what I'm gonna do with my day off today. I'm resting. I'm drinking coffee out of a giant Raphael mug. I'm gonna play some Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I might even have a movie going on the second TV, but I'm not sure. We'll have to see. So that's what I'm playing. Uh, last time we talked, I think it was just a day before my birthday or something like that. I got a whole bunch of gift cards, so I have no idea what I'm going to get. You guys should let me know. Tweet at me at Sean Capri, Sean, like Connery Capri, like the pants. And that's it. I'm still, I'm glad that I was able to have this talk with you guys. I'm still kind of reeling from the weekend. It's still in my voice. I still don't feel 100% rested, but I had a good night's sleep. And I hope that you guys enjoy our guest his name is Jacob Rush. He is one of the nicest guys I've ever talked to. Um, I'm he. He approached Bobby Pauls and I with an idea that he, him and, and a few friends, want to get going on on podcasting. So, I mean, he kind of stroked our egos a little bit and kind of like, "You guys are great, and I want to talk to you about this." We're like, "Oh, well, of course, yeah." So let's talk about let's talk about doing a podcast. And I was very, I was just struck by his by his passion and. Well, you guys will get to see this. Um, I was happy to, to brainstorm with him a few ideas. That was about a month ago. We got to catch up just last week. So here he is Jacob Rush. What what's the what's the story? What's what's going on in the in the Jacob podcasting saga?
1: Yeah, well, my buddy Ryan and I we got to meet up and talk about it. That's what we where we left off last time. I wanted to talk with him about stuff. Kind of cranked out some ideas. Talked around the the baseline of what we want to do, and um, got back with Bobby, and he helped us really kind of just talk to us. Okay, this is how we're going to get started. Is what because you, you know we we've never done this at all, so we don't know what to do. Yeah. And uh he helped us come up with a, na- a name, so we got a name.
0: Oh, what's the name?
1: Uh we're gonna it's called Nintendo Nostalgia.
0: That's a great it's, name.
1: Yeah. It, I right love up, it. Right down the line, you know? What we need to what it's all about.
0: So tell me so, about it. What's the what's the scoop? What's the what's the what are you talking about? We're going back in the in the memory banks it looks like.
1: Yes, well, um I mean we kind of Got the idea from when we all, when us three talked, um, you know, I think for me, I'm a very nostalgic person. And okay. The older I get, the more I kind of miss the way things used to be. I don't know. Maybe I kind of, maybe I'm stuck in the past a little bit. That's too. all of us, man. <laughs> yeah. Listen like, to
0: this show. I'm always talking about like, what was it like when we were seven years old and we were playing NES for the first or whatever it was. Right. Right.
1: That, that's what that's it what is. I love it. As I'm getting older, I I miss the old days, because you, you kind of realize, man, how like Nintendo will be in a rough patch, and it seems like everyone's down on Nintendo, or it's just like, man, I remember the good days when life was simple, and the only, <laughs> thing, the only things we had to worry about was beating the bad guys Yep. whatever game we were playing. I didn't have to worry about life, and not have to worry about bills, you didn't have to worry about- the world and the problems in it, I just could play donkey kong or mario or whatever and try to win the game
0: and everything was good it's like it's like seeing nintendo kind of go go off track a little bit is like it because in a way nintendo raised us all right like it was there for us just as much as well in a sort of a different way didn't feed us or put like a roof over our head but it raised right. us in a way so now that we're seeing them kind of like make these weird decisions it's like it's like watching a parent just like become a drug addict and yeah. Just like, what are you doing with your life? Like, bring it in. So I totally, I totally understand. I want to go back to the podcast a little bit. What's the what's the Nintendo nostalgia? Like, what's uh, what can we what can we expect with this thing? Well we're, well, we're going back and looking at old games, it looks like.
1: Uh I mean we're gonna mix it up with Okay. It's current, you know. Um, but I think the highlight of of every show would be we're gonna go back and maybe we'll look at a specific game like Mario sixty four for example. As well, a highlight for myself, say we would highlight that game. You know, maybe we'd cover what's the basics of that game, who developed it. You know, things like that when it came. You well, know, when- who's
0: on the team? Yeah,
1: right. That's what we're going to talk about. But then we're really going to get delved. My favorite part about your podcast and other podcasts um, is I love to hear people's stories of when like justin from nintendo desks for example he talks about donkey kong in such a special way and when he talks about donkey kong i think back to like man i remember what i was doing and my experience with donkey kong and it just ignites this flame in me and it makes me (laughs) and it makes me miss nintendo and miss those good old days and also makes me realize, like, Nintendo's, they're not gone. You know, they're still here, and we can still have good memories with them. Just because we're older doesn't mean we have to stop liking them. So when we highlight a specific game, I want to talk about our, him and I's, um, personal experiences with that game. What right. were we doing? What do we remember? What's the story of our lives of when that game came into my life?
0: yeah. Do you mind if I ask you how old you are now? Because it's funny because I think you're quite a bit younger than I am. And it's funny hearing a younger person say like, oh, man, I'm getting old because I just turned 32 last week. So I think there's a bit of a gap here. So if it's OK, like yeah. how old are you?
1: I'm 25.
0: Strapping young, handsome 25 year old talking about how old he's getting. It's you know what? That's totally fair. So where like, for example, Donkey Kong Country, like where are you when Donkey Kong Country comes out?
1: Um. I have a NES, and we don't even have a Super Nintendo. Okay, I, um, because all my memories of Donkey Kong Country were from my best friend growing up. His name's Traven. Um, Dumb Traven. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> met in preschool, and we're still, you know, great friends to this day. That's awesome. Oh yeah, who it's, can say that? Not a lot of people, really. <laughs> that's awesome Uh, and even ryan and i the guy who's going to do the work he'll be my co-host on the podcast his mom and my mom were best friends growing up and i've known him since i was a baby you know so like my closest friends in life i've known them literally my whole life and we stayed there and what was the biggest connection i'd say probably nintendo right
0: so who who had all the games? Like was it was it Traven who had everything? Like even in the NES ga- days and you're heading over to his place all the time? Like were you sneaking away from responsibilities or chores and stuff? Or like what's what's that kinda like growing up?
1: Well, no, I didn't really sneak away from any chores or anything. I had an original Nintendo. That's what I was born into because I have three older brothers. They already had it. So when yeah. I was born you know, I have a picture there as a newborn baby next to an Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> sure, the buttons.
0: Great newborn pictures of just, like, you sitting on top of an NES with, like, oh, that's hilarious. So, okay, actually, I want to go there. Before we get to the friends, let's let's talk sure. about the family dynamic a little bit. Uh, it's mom and dad, and you, two brothers. Do you have sisters as well? Is it more than the three of you guys? Uh
1: Three older brothers,
0: one younger sister. So there's four, five of you, holy crap, with two controllers on an NES. Yeah. How are you able to even get any time with, with these games?
1: Uh, well, I think luckily for me there was a big enough gap to where by the time I was actually old enough to start understanding actually how to play the games, my brothers were already getting into those older grades like middle school and um, – High school, so they were getting involved with extracurricular activities. and it Adult was,
0: stuff. Yeah,
1: you know, they were basically, they would play the game more casually, whereas sure. I'm coming home, and I'm throwing my backpack down on the floor, and I'm running <laughs> straight to the Nintendo.
0: Yeah, like, like muddy shoes through the house and just going yep. straight for the NES. I love it. Yep. Would well, Do you remember what the first game you played? I don't really ever ask this question. Do you remember the first game you ever played on the NES? Was uh, it Mario.
1: I mean, I, I want to say it was because, again, like I said, I was born into it. Sure. So, and it's not like my family were these huge gamers; they weren't. We right. just had it,
0: and yeah, it seemed like uh, everybody did.
1: Sure, I had it, and I, I want to say maybe my first game, because the game I remember the most was Super Mario Brothers Three. When yes. I was born in October of nineteen ninety, so that following Easter, we got. Uh, we have pictures of me next to as a baby just sitting there next with <laughs> two Mario Brothers 3 you know knowing what the heck this thing is I just got to we just have it right there so I remember playing that the most yeah. as a kid I loved Mario Brothers 3 I we had Mario Brothers 1 with Duck Hunt That was the combo of course yeah um, but Mario Brothers 3 I'd have to say is probably my what I think I played a lot the most mm-hmm. from because i remember i have a connection with that game i i really like that game from my childhood memory i remember playing that more than any of them
0: and what were your parents like at this time too like i always think about we weren't allowed consoles i talked about that a couple times on the show we weren't allowed to have consoles and i it was either a financial thing my parents had four kids like I, well you guys had five in your family it's insane um only my dad worked but I remember the, th- the thing that they, my parents would always say to us is that my younger brother would get too excited when he played. Like his blood pressure would get crazy. And like, I don't know, like that was the excuse. We weren't allowed to have it because my younger brother got a little too into it. So whether or not that was true, we weren't allowed to have it. But my parents, we, we had a computer. So a lot of my gaming time was on a PC. But my parents were very like restrictive on the number of hours we were allowed on this thing like and really probably only about a half an hour an hour a night like were you was same kind of deal with with your parents like what what were what was their relationship with gaming and and you how did they handle that whole that whole situation
1: well um it's a good question because it changed over time okay i think when we when i first was growing up into it I really was the video game nut growing up. Like I said, my brothers probably played it some, but they didn't play it like the way I was playing it. So <laughs> I was having friends who played it too. Yeah. Um, at first, it was kind of just play as much as you want. There was really no limitations on it. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: what could go wrong?
1: Right. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong with a three-year-old boy playing <laughs> uh, and then, having
0: free reign on this entertainment device yeah sure, he'll, sure. he'll set his own limitations i'm sure he'll get around to <laughs> chores and homework and everything <laughs> like that it'll be fine
1: absolutely i got held back in first grade no wonder why did you really
0: i did yeah do you think it was because of video games uh, i no let's be <laughs> honest okay like as an adult now you kind of have this like hindsight you have like if if you were your own child, however weird that's going to mess up your brain, um, is that something that, uh, like, how do you deal with that? How do you correct it? Like, is that, or is it just, it couldn't be, couldn't be helped? I think, um. You were born in October, so maybe it was a, a time of year thing. Is that maybe more of it?
1: It's possible. I mean, I think I was held back. I, the main issue was I couldn't read. I remember my mom's told me, like, she would cry because, like, at my birthday party, my friends were reading me my birthday cards, but I couldn't read them myself yet. You know, we're the same age, or if I'm not, I'm a little bit older than what they were. Um, And so it kind of broke her heart just to see her son struggle like that. But I I don't think, I don't know, I I guess I'm just a slow learner at some things. And I think maybe playing games was a part of it. I'm not going to sit here and say video games (laughs) caused me to not.
0: Are you a murderer as well?
1: <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I'm but, just kidding. Um, I think. I think, especially as me as my, my wife and I are about to have a, a daughter here in September. Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, she's really coming along.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that's like coming up pretty quick. Oh yeah! What she- a great time to start a podcast. <laughs>
1: I know, right? She could come anytime. She could come in the middle of this podcast. Let's hope not, though.
0: That would make this an incredible po- like if you could just like switch this we could switch this call over to your phone and you just like put us on the dash and you could like just forget I'm even here. I'll just commentate on whatever I hear. That's exactly what we'll do.
1: If it comes to that, I'll let you know. That would be
0: amazing. I will I will pay money for that to actually I'll pay whatever data charges you get. Although in the states I think you guys get unlimited data on your phones, but Hilarious. So I'm gathering that the whole like the family that like with your brothers, like with me, like and and my family, it was that was one thing that that we all connected on. We all played different sports. We were kind of all over the place. Um, We were fairly close in age, like it was kind of like two years, two years. And then one year, my sister was kind of like an accident, I think is what my parents come out and said like three boys was enough. And then they had her. Um, but we were all like very close in age, but we were very like disparate in our interactions. Basically, if there was a Nintendo in the house, it was like for a birthday party and we rented one and that brought us all together. Um, but I'm gathering kind of like just the age difference kind of kept that maybe a situ- a different situation for you. So you had friends, you had Ryan and, and was it Trayvon? I'm sorry. Trayvon. Traven. So let's talk about those guys a little bit. So, are they bringing you, like, new games you never heard of before? Like, what's that kind of thing? Like, I remember a friend of mine showing me um, Blaze of Steel for the first time, a hockey game that probably every Canadian had in, in on NES, and he knew, like, the difference. Like, whether or not you, you scored a goal to go up a lead or to take the lead or to tie the game, or if you're still behind, like, a song would be different. He knew all these different little things. So I'm curious if, if you remember like any games that, you, that your buddies brought to you that you just would have had no idea of?
1: Well, with Ryan, I don't... I, uh, when I was really young, no. Um, the thing right. with Ryan was, back then, uh, a drive around on the interstate, which is really like 20 minutes, was considered long distance. Of now.
0: course, yeah.
1: Ryan lived on the south side of Indianapolis. We live in Indiana. Indianapolis, I lived on the east side. So when we got together, most of the time when we were younger, it was like, Christmas parties, New Year's Eve, Super Bowl parties, um, so we would kind of just gradually stay in touch, but we couldn't talk that much. I mean, on a home-line phone, it was considered long-distance, and you could only talk for 10, mid, minutes, minutes. crazy,
0: yeah. But now,
1: it's like, I can hop on, I can get to his house as soon as I want, you know? Nobody My parents
0: knows. wouldn't even let me give out our home phone number. Like, if somebody <laughs> called the house, like, you gave them our phone number? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. But with, with Traven, it was different because Trayvon and I went to the same preschool, like I said. That's when I met him, and he literally lived five minutes around the corner. So we had a nest, and then we went from the nest to the Game Boy because my mom accidentally broke our nest. I remember her, I came Oh, home come on. School. Yeah, I, I came home from school one day. She sat me down on the couch, and she's like, I need to tell you something. (laughs) Because she knew I, I loved it. I came home. I'd be playing Ninja Turtles 2, Mario, day and night, you know, all summer. As soon as I got home from school, I was obsessed. And then she didn't want to hurt my feelings, you know. She sat me down, and she was like, I accidentally knocked over the Nintendo and broke it while I was cleaning the house today. And I remember, I don't think I threw a fit. I wasn't, I was sad, but I wasn't like, my world was ruined, I guess, you know. Um, and my oldest brother, Josh, actually, I think he, he had just gotten a Game Boy. So I kind of lived off of a Game Boy for four or five years and didn't really know that a Super Nintendo existed until I met Traven. Right. So my love for the Super Nintendo is actually really kind of rare because I never had a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Didn't have Donkey Kong, I didn't have Super Mario World I had it at Traven's house, and every time I went to Traven's house, I have all these special moments of my life of going to my buddy's house, and he has the best parents in the world. I mean, you, I just have so much memories with them, yeah. and just them taking care of us, and we, like I said earlier, I miss the days where we would just play Super Mario World and beat the bad guys, and then yeah. his parents, you know, just took care of us. Do you that ever is- call
0: them mom and dad?
1: Oh, all the time. Yeah. All the time. I mean, I consider that they're, we call them grandparents for our, our daughter that's about to come, my wife and I's daughter, you know, they're, they're considered grandparents. They're just as close enough. Same with Ryan's parents. They're literally like my own parents because I spent so much time with them and they mean so much to me as people, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they are family to me.
0: What, what is it like at a, like I say, like a birthday party, like how, how are video games come around when you guys are kids and like. Everybody's trying to get their hands on this thing. Is it like a King of the Hill kind of thing? Like what are the what are the games you guys are playing as kids growing up with these with these uh pop Chip and parents parties back in the day?
1: Like with my friends and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I think we were all pretty good about sharing games. Um, especially when the sixty four came out. Trayvon had that first too. Oh yeah,
0: definitely. That helps four players at once. Come on. Yep.
1: I remember just playing Star Fox sixty four going. Yes! Over there and, not owning a sixty four at the time either when that came out. So it was just such this grand experience going to like I remember specifically going to Trayvon's birthday party. <laughs> and we just fired up that sixty four and all the family and friends are over and they're they're watching and we're just playing Star Fox sixty four, going at it in these R wings and it was a blast, you know. Oh man, that is I loved it.
0: That's awesome. So what what is your what does your wife do and how is she is she a gamer as well?
1: becca is not a gamer um Rebecca. so you've
0: got a ton of gaming stuff behind you like how like i'm lucky chelsea is just as into it as i am like i've got like even right beside me i've got these like question blocks that yep. she made for my 28th birthday i've okay. still got them here we've got stuff all over the place life is easy what's <laughs> it what's it like now you're going to start up like a video game podcast it's obviously a big part of your life like how what's that um dynamic like uh,
1: I'm just so blessed. Uh, God's really blessed me with a wonderful wife because although she doesn't really play games, she knows that it's a part of me. And mm. I grew up playing these games and I, it's just so much more than a game to me. I I mean, I, I think I learned life lessons by playing games mm. and and what the type of games you play. And they just help build character in me. I'm going to put
0: you on the spot. Go for it. What what has uh, gaming over the years, like what is a life lesson that you've learned from these things? Because I agree with you, but it's my podcast, so I get to ask the questions.
1: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, that's a good, it is a good question because I've never thought in depth about it. I just.
0: It's what this wow. is all about. Things you sure. never even thought about It's just going to like, it's going to come out.
1: Well, with I mean, I think it the company of with Nintendo in general is like I love for what they stand for, yeah, I love this the family friendly aspect I've never been somebody who wants to uh change my identity as I get older or something per se like I always feel I don't like it with this this aspect people think that when we get older, everything has to. Change to be more adult, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, everyone, you
0: definitely put quotes around that
1: for some reason. People, I find it ironic that when you find something that's rated inframature, for example, that I thought mature was supposed to be mature, mature, you, up, yeah. you, you act more mature. You, you, but it seems like that label is for um, things that are more of almost inappropriate or that's not mature, and that we find humor. And not, not, no, I'm not saying people. Who get into that are bad at all that's not what i'm saying mm-hmm. i'm just saying i feel like nintendo stands for something that is i love that they stick to their core beliefs you know they are a family friendly um company and they believe in having family friendly fun and that's just it, it brings good morals to it all and i think i've gotten that from their games such as mario and and even donkey kong and i know not all their games are rated e or t but I think I've just uh, been able to apply it to my life and things that I I stand for and mm-hmm.
0: um yeah. So have you been pretty like um dedicated to Nintendo or like over the years as you started to like make a living and support a family and all these different things has it been mainly nintendo in your house or like where have you gone since the days of playing 64 at your buddy's house with like star fox 64 like what what comes after that actually like when do you you didn't have a super nintendo you didn't have a 64 where where do things start to come back in your in your life with in terms of nintendo consoles
1: well i did have a 64 um we went from the game boy to the 64
0: okay yep um you got mario 64 with that I didn't actually. Oh, okay. So, what my, what bundle did you get?
1: Um, we got when we got it, and this is a good story. Um, <laughs> I remember my mom. The reason we didn't have a Super Nintendo is because my mom said like these are expensive, right? You know, we can't afford these because my mom worked nights. She was a, she's a nurse. Um, she would always work all all, all nights throughout the weeks. Um, and my dad was is a farmer slash. He mowed grass and landscaped, um, so. With five kids, uh, they didn't, We didn't really have the money for all that stuff. Sure, so, of course. I mean, the games that you got were one for your birthday, two for Christmas. As we got older, you know, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. We can go. My friends it seemed like, oh, every time a new game came out, oh, their parents were buying it for them. But that wasn't the case in my household. So you had to, you got to learn what you had, and you like to play with it, and actually appreciate it, and mm-hmm. play those games through and through. But um, when we got. When the Super Nintendo, I remember when the 64 came out, I told my parents, like, oh, man, Trey even got this new Nintendo, Nintendo 64. But I was excited because I thought, wow, well, that means the Super Nintendo is going to be cheaper and you can get all the games for it. And so I went to my You're mom. You're smart kid. <laughs> yeah, I was I only think
0: games. about that now.
1: See, <laughs> how smart there, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't pass first grade the first time, but I could. You got could, a business I sense, though. I you know, who cares about book smart? Sure. <laughs> so I would. I was thinking about this, making my Christmas list. And I remember telling my mom, "This is what I want." I put all my favorite games, like Donkey Kong Country Two and One, and, mm-hmm. and, and my, Super Mario World. And I was like, oh, "I hope I really get this." Well, then Christmas came along, and uh, I'll never forget this because, like, we opened up all the gifts. You know, there's nothing. There's no Nintendo, whatever. And I'm like.
0: Are you guys doing it like one at a time, or is everybody just like, "How do you? How's Christmas at your place?
1: Is everybody oh, just going no, nuts
0: and opening everything all at the same time? Like we take our turns, and it takes forever, but I couldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: We, someone is always Santa Claus every year. Love Santa it, love Santa. Yep, and that person hands out one gift at a time to people, and we will go around and we will open it up. And the rule, you got to leave the trash all over the floor. The wrapping paper has to stay on the floor. I love stuff. it done so it's a big mess until you're done and then you clean it up so, so we have
0: one more question before i let you go on is everybody in your family jack like you or is like does anybody have a santa gut
1: <laughs>
0: oh no no i'm just picturing like this this family of what seven of you guys that everybody's just in like tip-top shape biceps the size of basketballs <laughs> <up>. <laughs> uh,
1: quite the opposite
0: actually oh, Okay, uh,
1: both sides of my family are they they're not in the best of shape. Okay, you know? so
0: they pass as Santa Claus.
1: <laughs> I guess. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I fair. used to. I used to weigh two hundred seventy-five pounds. Actually, you're in great shape.
0: I'll just say thank that. You.
1: I lost around a hundred pounds, and then making it a lifestyle and keeping it off ever since. But
0: no, man, you look great. So sorry, I, th- I went off track. So I've got <laughs> we're, we're Christmas morning. Santa Claus is handing out these gifts. We've got wrapping paper all over the floor. Sure. No Nintendo yet, so you're kind of like, man, I. Kind of disappointed at this point. I'm gathering,
1: a little disappointed. I think yeah. uh, Pokemon was out this time too. So I want to say this is the Christmas that I got Red version. So I was pretty yes. happy with that, you know, and some Pokemon cards. But then I remember, then my mom was like, "We have one more gift," you know, and it was. And then she came out wrapped up, and it was for me, it had my name on it. And like, I think my brothers knew about it because they were all like giving me the gift with my mom. And I unwrapped it, and then, load we'll to. Come to find out, it wasn't a Super Nintendo. She just went out and bought a Nintendo 64. And like, I remember freaking out. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now. And I was so excited. Yes. Freaking out. I couldn't believe it because I thought I was going to get the Super Nintendo, which I would have been happy with. Mm-hmm. She just went above and beyond. Bought the 64. You know, I had four controllers and there's five of us. we Holy. You know, so she got us GoldenEye, Diddy Kong Racing, and Mario Kart 64. your mom
0: is the best like most most parents (laughs) like screw it up and they go backwards they're like they wanted a nintendo and (laughs) she went to the next she went got you four controllers you got all these great games that oh you got to give your mom a high five next time you see her. like that huge hug
1: i have my mom's done so many things for me and i even think back to the things like game wise what she did for a wii when the wii came out like like, I feel guilty almost, the, the things she did yeah. just to get me, just to see her son happy. And it, yeah, man. it makes me want to, you know, cry almost just because she didn't have to do that. Of course. But she did. And I have such a great childhood. And, like, so some people, they're just silly games. But to me, they're more than just games. It, it is, I, that helped build a great childhood. Again, helped build me into the person I am today and the kind of heart I have and how I want to see that those memories lit out through my children. And I want to see other people have those kind of memories.
0: Yeah, man, you're, you're a lot like me in that, like, it is more than just the, the item itself, but it's that, like, what was like, I think the same thing with my parents, like they go completely out of their way just to see me smile and they understand like what, makes me tick they understand what makes me happy and all that kind of like even just this past week it was just my birthday and like I don't do great with crowds I don't really do great like I mean it's kind of weird like with I, I don't have hour-long conversations with anybody like I kind of do the podcast and that's kind of, but because it's a thing like I can kind of like dive into it but when I had like I had people over and um I'm kind of the opposite of this I was very like just let everybody else be together and have the conversations and, and just kind of hang out. And I was very much like just to myself, I was just kind of sitting on the chair eating chips. I was looking at old, like overpower cards and just kind of going through all the things that everybody, like my parents got me Tokyo Mirage Sessions: sharp F E, yeah. which is like ridiculous. Just getting that game in front of people. It's like, just ignore this. It's very weird. It's very Japanese, but thank you so much. But my parents understood, like there was a couple times where they're just like, I think, sometimes people might think that it was awkward that like nobody really was doing anything but for me it was important that just everybody was together and we didn't need to fill the space with like conversations and there's a couple things that my parents kind of just said or did just last week it was just on saturday and i'm like i really appreciated that they just let me have the day that was that was for me that maybe it wasn't for everybody else like Which is completely, again, opposite of this. I've done birthdays where I go completely over the top. So I'm kind of, maybe I'm bipolar in that way. Where like I go, I've had birthday parties where we had 60 people in the backyard and five kegs and we had drinking competitions. And that was all because of them. That was in their backyard. And then just now, 32 years old, I'm having pop chips and parents parties. And it's just very low key, just kind of hanging out. So like, I'm right with you, man. Like those, those little, um, just actions that our parents do do you like i i love that you recognize that and especially with you having a little one on the way like i got to imagine that you start to remember those things that your parents did and start to plan out like is that something that you've been thinking about a lot lately or even a little
1: absolutely yeah Yeah, totally i mean i don't know i'm kind of a weird guy i growing up i never i've only had one girlfriend in my life and that's actually my wife um I didn't meet her till I was like into high school, and we yep. met at church camp. And uh, we didn't go to the same high school, and we just kind of like, like I said, this Skype booted it up since 2011, <laughs> and we were talking, and all because we were we've always had, always had a long distance relationship, but yep. um, yeah, I I uh, what what was the question? I lost my train of thought.
0: I was just asking about like just because I do the exact same thing. I, I, I think a lot about, like, what my parents have done mm-hmm. and moments of, like, just kind of, really, that's it. Just moments with my parents and thinking about, like, if I were to ever have kids, like, I mean, I've got so much to live up to. So I was wondering, the question was, like, are there certain things that, like, your parents have done or just, like, in general that you kind of look forward to now that you have a little one on the way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, back to that question, I do. I And maybe... What I think I, I might struggle with as a parent, um, as an upcoming parent, is try – because I'm so excited and I think about all my <laughs> – and my wife reminds me of this. She's like, well, you got to be careful to not try to relive – to make what I had be my children's exact right. memories. You know, like they're going to have their own viewpoints and, and memories that they're getting – So it's not going to be exactly like a carbon copy of how everything went for me. Right. But I'm excited, you know. I'm excited to introduce our daughter to Pokemon and and Mario. And I've been talking to my buddies, like, I don't know what to start her off on. Like, should I start her off with (laughs) the newest Nintendo games? But at the same time, like, if she's like her dad, I always wanted, like, oh, the newest and greatest systems back in the day. I was Mm -hmm. like... I'm done with this Nest thing. I want the Super Nintendo. These are cooler graphics, and these are cooler stuff. We uh, already had, by the way, we already had these Pokemon handmade uh, gifts of the original.
0: Those are like little yarnies. Those are incredible. Those are handmade. Yeah, we had we ordered them.
1: They came from Germany. Uh, just a little website I found, and the person handmade them, mailed us to us, and when. When uh, our daughter's name is Riley, and when she gets here and she's a little bit older and can crawl, we're going to have her choose her first Pokemon.
0: I love it. She'll have like her little starters that she can crawl to. That is incredible. We got to you got to take pictures of those and send me those because I'll post them on the website and stuff.
1: Absolutely, I will. Those are great. We'll see which one she chooses, and whichever one she chooses, I'm going to. Uh have her grow up with and i'll give her like the evolved forms as she gets older and be like oh that's her that's my pokemon and our next one i'll probably do like the johto set starters and you know with all the regions that's something fun i want to create for them and do but
0: i love it i love the idea of like our generation kind of being the first like this has never been a thing before um but us as being new parents like like people our age being new parents and going I have a really serious question that I need to consider. Where do I start my child in video games? <laughs> like I love that that's a thing. You hear that all the time. That's hilarious. Yeah. So what if what if she doesn't like Nintendo?
1: <laughs> oh man, uh, she's not gonna oh, be able to. She's
0: totally going to, I love it.
1: Hopefully she will. I don't no Xboxes are in the house are allowed, at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that so NX has got you kind of excited, I'm gathering
1: oh totally i you know it's i'm talking to one of my good friends who's going to be helping us out with the the podcast with artwork and stuff Mm -hmm. he uh, does comic book material his name is kyle and um we uh we keep going back and forth right now about nx and and what he thinks and he's more on the side of he really wants this system to be, you know, PS4 graphics and Xbox One graphics. And if it's not, it's inexcusable. And, you know, it's, I, I understand that. You know, I, I want Nintendo to just... Tr- Honestly, I would rather have a home console that I boot up and I'm like, these are the best graphics on the market and I can play Metroid and Zelda and Mario the best they've ever looked and it's better than any other console out there. I would love that. But at the same time, I'm also a Nintendo fanboy. I won't lie. I'm always going to support them. They are the reason I love games today. They are the reason my part of the reason why my childhood has so many great memories. Yeah. So I really hope I believe in the NX. I believe it's going to be good. I trust them. You know, people worry about Nintendo That no do they always make the decisions we want no but in the end do we always somehow have a good time with what they put out for the most part Mm -hmm. yeah i'd say the wii u didn't sell the best but i have some great memories and there's great games on the wii u i remember getting that thing for christmas and i loved it you know it Mm -hmm. is good you know and that's why i don't understand why people are so quick to write off nintendo i'm like They've always been there, there somehow, is- it's
0: become the cool thing to do like there's it's just it seems like kind of like a like a playground or elementary school playground where there's different little circles, and like there's always a cool kid and there's always the kind of weird outsider kid who people like to make fun of. And that unfortunately translates into weaker sales and all of those sorts of things. <laughs> I'm curious as to like now you're, you can buy whatever, like you have the the ability to, to purchase your own games. Like what are the things that you generally gravitate to now uh, that you don't have to wait for your birthday or, or Christmas to roll around for your one or two games?
1: Uh, it's funny that because occasionally, yeah, I will get a game, but because of those, What I grew up on, I actually still will save, like, uh, let's see, the couple, like, Star Fox. I haven't got Star Fox yet. Uh, Yeah. I'm saving it for either my birthday or Christmas because uh, so many of the favorite games I have in my past, I remember, it like, oh, I got Star Fox Adventures for the GameCube.
0: (laughs) My birthday
1: and my friends were there. We were Mm -hmm. all playing it. I have these great memories with that, or like Metroid Prime and Mario Kart Double Dash. I got those for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like I had those are special moments.
0: Do you still have and, those games laid around? Like do you still have the old consoles and stuff? I,
1: it, with, well, what I spend most of my money on is making up for my past mistakes.
0: Rebuying. Oh and no! I, I heard
1: it in the podcast that I've been with. <sighs> the regret. I can't believe I ever sold my GameCube. The GameCube was the system I. I was the first one I bought on my own. I push mowed lawn after lawn, a sixth grade kid, and I saved Good up. Good for them. you. Thank you, yeah. How my, much did
0: you charge for per per lawn? Like, how many lawns are we talking about here? Do you remember?
1: I don't remember specifically. I just know people were giving me like 20 bucks. My parents were giving Damn, me 20 Damn, that's huge. <laughs> yeah, the neighbors, as well, I as mowing grass, and
0: hmm?
1: honestly, it probably should have been more for being a sixth grade kid in the <laughs> summer. I labor here. Right. But, and even that's something, you know, my mom would find extra jobs for me to do. Like, oh, I need this done, you know, and I'll pay you 40 bucks for this. And I remember just slowly saving it up, mm-hmm. saving it up for that GameCube. Because she's like, in her mind, she just bought the 64 a year ago and really had been like five years. But uh, <laughs> and, and she's like, I'm not getting another system. You're going to have to earn this one. And I did. And I remember right when I got to like the 250 mark, Nintendo just dropped it down from the th- like $300 price tag. I can't remember what they started out at, but they had just dropped it down 50 bucks and I had just reached that point. Yes. And my mom said that she would buy me my first game if uh, as long as I paid for the system. And so as soon as we did, we went out uh, to Target the, that Saturday morning and we I bought a purple GameCube and she bought me Super Smash Bros. Melee. Which
0: what else is there in life at that time? That's incredible. Oh, I, I played that sucker all day long. <laughs> My buddies up
1: didn't have a game cause my friends didn't have a GameCube yet. This was a time where like, I actually had something before my friends
0: mm-hmm.
1: like calling them up and like, I'm coming over to your house tonight. We're playing Smash Brothers Melee all night long.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I can Mountain Dew all night. Oh yeah. <laughs> Junk food and not going to yep. bed. Cool ranch chips. And- I do That's still good. have my Melee game. That was one of the, the only GameCube game I still have. The first one I ever had, I still have my original copy.
0: Did you were you playing Smash on sixty four at all?
1: Yeah, I got it for my
0: birthday. Okay, so you knew that this was like this is a thing by now.
1: Oh yeah, I remember.
0: You must have it. been just beaming when you when like you go to Target. And they did they have it locked up like behind the glass case and yep. everything. You Must have been just beaming. They, they the guy comes around and he grabs it off of the shelf and he hands it to you. He's like, I paid. So were you paying cash? I guess or did, like. Yeah. You had all the money that you had from from mowing all the lawns and everything. They probably still have like like blades of grass stuck in between these things.
1: <laughs> probably, my mom would keep the money for me. She'd take it and put it in this little like pink lemonade jar we used to have. We just course. Stick money in there, and our remember pulling it out, give paying cash for it all, twenty after twenty. Uh huh. Go, man, take take this money.
0: That's hilarious. Uh, I had this thing like a like a tower that would hold um all of your change and it would have these different like depending on how high it was, it would tell you how many like dollars you had. And we have loonies, which I know is ridiculous, but our dollar coin is called a loony, and it's stupid, but whatever. So I remember <laughs> thinking just like all I want to do is get up to like this number of of dollars in in loonies or in dimes or nickels or whatever. And uh the the one memory I have of this stupid tower is uh I I remember going to see Mortal Kombat movie in theaters and just thinking that this is like the greatest soundtrack ever. This is like early 90s techno and just really bad. I mean, I had my first Discman back in probably 1993. It was like $75 from a store called Canadian Tire which sells like car parts and wow gardening tools i got like a 75 dollar thing there and i but i paid for my mortal Kombat soundtrack it was 17 dollars, and i paid in dollar coins they wow. were just thinking just like i earned that i saved up my money so i could like yep. i mean that times however like 10 for that was terrible math but uh for the for the <laughs> gamecube i know the feeling man just like finally like normally i don't normally have to wait time i have to wait for my birthday to roll around or something like that for my parents to buy me something but i earned this and that kind of like puts you on a new path i'm thinking
1: yeah i earned it and uh the gamecube was really a an era where um i uh had to do things for myself you know and start to save up and of course my mom was there to help once i had that gamecube she would buy games and help me out and um, occasionally, as I got older, uh, you know, you could get a game here, or there, like maybe at the start of summer. You know, there would be a new game, and I earned it because of like really good grades or something. So she'd give me a game occasionally like that. Yeah. But today, if what I'm spending my money on myself, unless there's a game I absolutely, really, really, really want, I can't wait. Um, I usually wait for Christmas or good for you or my birthday to get it. Well, my what? birthday's right there at the end of October, so it's like boom, I get a game that lasts mm-hmm. a month and a half, and then I get two or three new games for Christmas. It might...
0: You're set till pretty... next October.
1: That's right, pretty much. <laughs> us as adults are. And...
0: Yeah, totally. What are you playing now?
1: Oh, I'm trying to beat Donkey Kong Country 2 102%, which you can do. I so love it, yep. I spend a bunch of my own money on buying classic games because i do have a super nintendo i have a NES. i have a i have our original 64 my brother had that thankfully and i took it from him so (laughs) we didn't sell that off ripped it out of his hands (laughs) yeah give it to me he doesn't play with it so i love it have
0: that have um, do you have these things plugged into an old crt or is it like kind of in your living room tv
1: it's on our flat screen in our living room at the moment i my parents have a uh old style tv and they have it in their spare room i said hey whenever you're done with this like give it to me i'm not don't throw it away i I claim it Mm -hmm. i want it just for those consoles um specifically just so you can go back and so my kids can go back and play them and see what i grew up on um so yeah i right now though i'm playing donkey kong country 2 i got the game boy advance version i rebought, or i bought and then i i bought the SNES version back in like April or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and I've been obsessed with Donkey Kong Country. It, he's probably that's probably my third favorite series by Nintendo right now. Yeah. As a whole in general, it used to be Mario's number 3. Mario I'd say is number 4, although Oh wow. Yeah, Mario 64 now, don't get me wrong, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh-huh. I love Mario 64, especially the memories I had with that and Another friend named Brad. He got me into that game. And what's up, Brad? That's why I never. <laughs> met my good friends. And all, by the way, all these friends I'm talking about: Kyle, Brad, Traven, Ryan. Um, I hope for them all to be a part of this podcast. Yeah,
0: man, gotta have them on. I gotta hear all their stories too. On, the man. havoc you you raised at their places.
1: <laughs> we we Brad and I got some wild stories there. Brad was another close friend who lived down the street,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but hopefully we can take our podcast and we want to make a home website and um we want it to grow from just the podcast the podcast is what it'll start out as mm-hmm. but we want to grow from there we want to have a website we want to have a nintendo fan base where the nostalgia or the stories i've already told you which i've already told you like three episodes worth now probably <laughs> so, stole my material <laughs>
0: No, that's you'll you'll just take like the bullet points and then just fluff them out. You know, like listen to Bobby. He he takes one thing and he stretches it out to hour and a half long, hour (laughs) hour long episodes. I'm just kidding, Bobby. I love you, buddy. Um, oh man, that's hilarious. Well, I want to be mindful of of time. Um, as we start to wrap things up here, um, what else do you kind of have in mind for the future in terms of the podcast and uh, just trying to balance things out with with a family coming? Like, how what's the future? realistically looking like for jacob
1: there's a lot man a lot on the plate a lot a lot of things i want to do and just a matter of time of actually doing it and getting it done um you know that's why i'm so thankful for the wife i've been blessed with because she knows i'm a dreamer and i have goals and i have dreams and i don't want to be somebody who just goes to my job and i work and go home like i want to make my whole life, I've always wanted to be somebody who does a positive, life-changing impact on people. That's why I, I, in the past, when I talked to you and Bobby, you know, I used to be in a band. I used to be in a Christian pop punk band. You know, and our goal is we went around tour around the country, and um, we wrote music. We wanted to write a positive, uplifting uh, message to just uh, reach out to teenagers and help because music was a big part of my life too.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and uh, it just. A lot of positive music out there really helped change the course of my life to help shape who I am in today, too. So everything's been positive. Like, Nintendo's a positive company. The music I, I I love still to say is positive. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to do. We I love it. have a positive podcast, because there's a lot of podcasts that aren't the most positive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we're not going to whine and cry about choices Nintendo makes that we don't like. Um you know, we'll be honest about them but we're not it's not gonna be a negative outlook on everything and we just want a good podcast where you can come listen to remind you of the good days of your past where you can like man I remember being a kid playing those games and, yeah, man. and they bring me back and like I want to go back and relive that and look look at we'll, we'll highlight a specific game or a specific console bring back that and then we're going to how we probably want to end off the show is usually like what current today is what Nintendo doing that, you know, in a way relates to this. So like, love it. So say like the next, when Mario 64 is on its 25th anniversary, you know, we'll do a special episode about that. we'll talk about our memories. We'll talk about all that. Um, and then we'll talk about where can you get this game today? You know, where, where has this game come? How has it aged over time? And then, you know, let's talk about Mario today. Like, What's Nintendo doing with Mario today? Where can you get Mario now and create even new memories with what's currently out there? I love you know, it. Do episodes on consoles, you know. You got the you remember we just talked about how I got a 64 and what it was like to unwrap that thing and to play it on Christmas time. I mean, there there are just so many games that when I play them, I think of Christmas and winter, like Goldeneye 07. It has to be snowy and cold outside. Mm -hmm. I mean,
0: that's
1: to me, it goes with that weather. Same with Diddy Kong Racing, Banjo Kazooie. Uh,
0: That's what they go with. Yeah, man. When you say that, it reminds me of just like playing games and your whatever, your flannel pajamas, and just everybody like it's got like all your brothers or whatever have got like just that variant like maybe you've got the blue one, they've got the green one and somebody else next we've got the red one but they're all kind of like the same you're all basically twins I love it well you know I'm so happy that you guys are moving forward with it we talked a little while ago and I was super excited that you had kind of like this vision and this idea and this passion to do something and you're where a couple weeks later you're that much closer to doing it like you're taking steps to doing it and I just I wish you all the best man let's let everybody know uh, where can people find you on the internet are you on Twitter or any of the social social medias and stuff
1: yeah since um myself i mean clearly you can find me on facebook just jacob rush you want to add me and follow me and stuff you know i love to have fans on there and just be a positive impact in your life but um you know nothing is nothing is set up yet everything is in the planning process so this will be happening and with the baby on the way you know of course it That's the that's the hiccup that we're trying to be okay. We don't know when this kid's going to come. She can come whenever we want. She wants, like we said. um, Really, once she gets here, we'll we'll really get taken off. I think, and we're going to record an episode zero and just kind of work out the kinks and stuff, and then post it and try to uh, build a fan base. But um, where you can find us, we'll be at we you can. We'll have an email, Nintendo Nostalgia. I N capital I N for like Indiana at gmail.com. Love it. And then uh, our Twitter handle is Nintendo underscore NOS, N O S um, short for nostalgia. And then the Facebook will be Nintendo NOS as well.
0: Love it. That's awesome. Well, kind of nostalgia and a little bit of fast and furious speed there. I like it. Okay, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been awesome. A little trip down memory lane. Thank you, Sean. I, love it and i wish you didn't
1: have to end i wish you could stay up all night and just talk
0: okay i think that i probably talked too much at the very beginning so we're gonna we're gonna keep this really short thank you so much to jacob for taking the time i cannot wait for nintendo nostalgia what a great name look out for that guys let's 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 keep encouraging jacob to make sure that that actually happens so thank you so much for listening thank you for being here thank you for subscribing and if you like this podcast even just a little bit a rating goes a long way you guys are killing it with these reviews i love seeing all the five stars and all the great things everybody is saying thank you again so so much the offer still stands I cannot see many of the the American reviews until I, I get a screenshot sent from from Andrew Semichek, the guy who owns We the Nerdy. He sends me sends me some every once in a while because I'm in Canada. I can't see the the U.S. iTunes Store stuff. So send me a screenshot of your review and I'll send you a picture of me eating a gluten free sandwich. That that offer's still on the table. And uh, let's see what else. If you want to be on the show, tweet at me at Sean Capri. that's Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. You can also email us if you want to be on the show or if you just have questions. I might even do Question period here at the end. Uh, we'll see, because I'm i feeling like my shout-out section is, is me just reading a list. Even though it means a lot, I want to make sure I give like recognition to everybody who's been part of the show. Uh, I don't know. I, like, you guys let me know. Are you, is that good? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I just do, and it's like, I don't know if anybody's listening to this. So so let me know. I'm going to skip it for this week. Except Seamus. You're my boy. How <laughs> oh, good I, I? can't skip Shamus. You're the best, dude. Uh, you got this whole thing rolling, so thank you so much. So email me, we WeTheGamerCast at we dot com with uh, questions, or if you have topics for me that you want me to speak to, at the beginning or close of this. Let's we can we can we can adjust this format a little bit um that would be great you guys so uh let's let's close this out we hosts this beautiful podcast so be sure to go there every single day there is some crazy stuff happening i can't speak to it just yet but uh, a notable dude scott snyder might have a little something that works with we it's pretty incredible so if you know who that is then then check out we kind of cool uh, you can also catch me on Netflix and chill. It's We the Nerdy's movie podcast with Gary Taru. It publishes on iTunes and Google Play and YouTube.com/slash We the Nerdy every Friday. Last week we did episode 14. We review Jason Bourne. It wasn't very good we also go back and look at inglorious bastards this is the kind of the thing we always review a new movie in theaters and then we go back into our our dvd collection or our nerdflix queue wait netflix did i say nerdflix we go to the netflix or or some other streaming provider watch an old movie and we rip it apart we we completely spoil it we go almost beat for beat into inglorious bastards and what a what a glorious movie that was you can almost wow I I need to go rest, you guys. Oh, good lord. Uh, You can also find me on If We Ran Nintendo with Bobby the Nintendo Guru Pauls. It's on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, and YouTube.com slash Nintendo Guru. Otherwise, this is episode 44 of We The GamerCast. It's now in your ears. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week, and I hope you're there too. Now it's time for... Jason! Jason! Sean
1: Sean Sean Jason 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 Dave Jason, Jason!